Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, baseball fans. The game is over. Welcome to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Postgame Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. After the last pitch, you've made the switch for 17 years. It's time to talk about the game and the team with Tim Allen. Tim Allen's here. What do you got, Tim? We'll hear the highlights. And that one's hit high and deep to right. Suzuki back. Grown man home run by Rowdy Telez. And the Brewers have the lead. We'll hear from the manager and the players. We'll discuss the topics from the fans to the front office. I like Tim's perspective. History is made each and every year. And we're talking about it. 17 years of coverage after each game. Here's your host, Tim Allen. It is a final, and the results are, again, not good. Brewers fall in Game 3 of this four-game set, 8-3, the final. And welcome in, everybody. It is the Gene Wagner Plumbing Postgame Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. As we are live here in the Lakeland University Studios, the leader in online education. Learn on your terms, Lakeland dot edu tim allen and there's sam schmitz doing some weekend work sammy thanks for coming in dude no problem man anytime i can talk brewers baseball i'm I'm always down to do it and baseball in general and we got a little uh dust up between tommy fam and jock peterson to get to and kind of figure that one out a little bit that that is an interesting scenario i I like how when uh the media asks guys why they're fighting with each other most times they say we were talking about where to go to dinner tonight so that's been the sort of the standard answer. This one, I, I think you'll be surprised at what the answer is. It's right in our wheelhouse, Sam. It, it, it really is from Jock Peterson, so that's the excuse. But tonight, or I should say this afternoon, uh, Brewers uh, playing this thing out very similar to the four-game set in, at American Family Field between the Brewers and the Cardinals. And that is Brewers take game one, lose game games two and three, and then take game four. I think that's the way it Hopefully, it's it's going to shake out here. Uh, and what did you think of the lineup here in Game Three? Now, again, I know they're they're you know fighting some injuries here. And does that give give the Brewers just a little pass in your book that they're not at full full strength here, undermanned? They they're without and and for several reasons: injuries, a day off here and there. Uh, going against a lefty, I think, reconfigures things quite a bit for Craig Council, and we all know that. 
But, for example, take a look at today's lineup on the infield. You were without every single position of your A lineup. And I say that even though Luis Urias was in the lineup, he was out of position at the shortstop. So you were without Omar Narvaez, Rowdy Telez, Colton Wong, Willie Adamas, and then, of course, as I said, you have uh, Louie in there. You're without Hunter Renfro on top of that. You're looking at one, two, three, four, five weapons of your A lineup, which is gone today for, again, a couple of different reasons. Lefty matchup and injuries. Does it make you sort of accept a uh, challenging sort of situation here? I don't know, Sam, do, do you sort of want them? I look at it this way. Just sort of tread water a little bit until you get healthy because I'll tell you what, I'll guarantee you every other team is going to go through what the Brewers are going through. They uh, Just so people know, uh, they added uh, Luis Perdomo to the injured list, elbow effusion, and they uh, recalled Miguel Sanchez. So, uh, again, another hit to the injured list, and I like Luis Perdomo, but do you accept a little bit less than good or great because they're hurt, Sam? I do, and the main reason is because – I mean, you saw it in the San Diego series. They took that series, and if they can win tomorrow, I'll certainly take a split. I mean, we were all talking about before this week how important this road trip was, and certainly we weren't expecting all these injuries. But you forget, like, Willie Adamas, who is essentially the MVP of this team offensively, despite the poor batting average for him this year, he's leading the team and close to leading the NL in home runs. So you forget about that power, and then, like you said, it's all these other guys too. So – I, I do kind of give them a pass. Now, today it's a little different because, look, even if all those guys are in there, I don't know if you're going to be able to even tie it or come back with Adrian Hauser giving up as many runs as he did today. But certainly throughout the series, as long as they're making it competitive in three-game series or if they can get close to a split, I'll take that, honestly. Yeah, for now. And, and I agree with you. And, and they've been playing above their, their pay grade here a little bit as, as of late here. They're 3-3 three and three on this road trip, as, as you said. The road trip is you know, a little challenging at, at this point. But they are 3-3 three and three in the road trip. And tomorrow, what a game tomorrow. You really have a shot at this thing to split, get out of town, get into Chicago uh, for the three days and four games. That would be big time I mean just now the flip side of all of this is the runners and traffic around the base pass that hasn't stopped if anything they've been actually getting a few more base runners than I'm used to last night was was that was aggravating because you had one on in the first two on in the second three on in the third three on in the fifth Today you have base runners in all four of the first four innings. That's the part of it that is really starting to grind me a little bit is what's going on with the runners on base for this team. I don't care if it's, you know, it's Mark Mathias in there or, uh, you know, Mike Brasso, and he's been holding his own with, with regards to uh, his bat for sure. But Victor Caratini, you come up with a home run late, a two-run shot in the ninth. There's Keston Hira. And by the way, Keston Hira is not getting sent down. I, I don't know how they're going to reconfigure that in, in a few weeks. When Adamas gets activated, Renfro gets activated. I don't know who the odd man out is there. But you may not have room for both Brasso and Keston Hira. Think about that. We already saw what happened. Brasso's already made a, a trip to AAA. 
But more on that as, as we move along in this road trip and, and, and as the health situation improves a little bit, they'll be confronted with that type of decision. But the aggravating part of this, my goodness, you're getting base runners on. And then what's, what's going on here? There, were, there was a situation where uh, the Cardinals really got into, uh, got into Hauser. And it was, it was Nolan Gorman and it was Paul Goldschmidt. It was namely those two. But it, w- it also was Harrison Bader. It was Tommy Edmond. And that whole inning, there were, I believe, four, four consecutive hits. Three of them went the other way. Three of those four consecutive hits went the opposite field. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and drip all this love over the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm just going to isolate to this game. That's the type of hitting that the Brewers should shorten up and do a little more often than they do right now. Let's see what they, let's see what they do moving forward here offensively as they get healthier, and we all know they're, they're going to be fine offensively, I think, and they have been. You know, that the, the argument that this offense sucks is, is that's, that's not just not a good argument. They don't suck. They really don't, guys. It may look like that to you at times. When you compare them with the metrics against every uh, other team in baseball, they fare pretty well. They really do. Now, can they do better? Yes, and I think they will do better. But it's examples like, like the Cardinals did in the, uh, what was it, the third inning. And they were going the other way. And I think sometimes when you go the other way, you do get a few flare base hits. And they went the other way three or four consecutive hits. Maybe that's a, a philosophical thing. Maybe that's a, that's a game plan thing. Maybe that's some strategy on their part, part. I don't know. Maybe it's their scouting department that just they get hitters that like to go the other way. And they may fly under the radar to a lot of other scouts. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer. All I know is in this game, it was pretty impressive to just shorten it up and go in the other way. That's, and there's really – I've been around baseball a long time. There is no excuse for an 0-2 home run to Goldschmidt. I, I can't justify that in any way from Hauser. That, th- there should be no part of the plate – on the, on the third pitch of that sequence. On 0-2, nowhere near the plate. That should have been up and in about eye high. And let him, let him do whatever he wants to do. He's probably going to take it. I, again, my philosophy is, Sam, I don't know if you know this, but my philosophy is I would never swing at an 0-2 pitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's spit on just it. me. I would spit on it every, every single time. My son and I debate that all the time, and he goes, yeah. Well, guess what? The, the advanced scouts, they'll look at the metrics and they'll start pumping in fastballs and, and sitting you down. Okay, fine. Until they do that, I'm not swinging 0-2. But the, the, the point is when you're facing a hitter like Goldschmidt, number one, he's, he's, he's hot as a pistol. But number two, it's 0-2. Don't, don't get any part of the plate, let alone a fat piece of the plate. Come on. You know, and this... Uh, that that part of it, that it's those situations that bug me. Did a pitch get away? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I don't want to uh, 
belabor the point on one pitch of an 8-3 loss, but it's it's all those things that add up. 799-1250. Do, do you give these guys a little bit of a pass because they're injured? And you have a little bit of an ankle injury to Woody, and they say that uh, they're not 100% sure he's going to make his next start? You throw in a doubleheader this Monday, and 48 hours from right now, they're going to be doing a doubleheader. I mean, you got another pitcher that you're going to need there. Is it the Ethan Small watch? Um, but I will, I will just ask you if, it, if it's a little bit of a pass because of the injuries, and you're on the road, and you're playing stiff for competition. I don't know. Maybe you do. I think a, a little bit to me. Uh, 799-1250. Hopefully you're enjoying your uh, Saturday afternoon here. Weather's breaking a little bit. Just gorgeous out today. Let's go to Nate. Nate, you're first up on the fan. Hey, Nate. Okay, um, yeah, it's just like you were saying. Um, I, I do give him, I, like I told Rami on, um, I believe it was Friday or Thursday, you, you haven't seen this offense at its full potential yet due to the fact that when Uriel came back, Andrew McCutcheon went out with COVID. Um, when McCutcheon came back, Adamus was out with ankle. And you never really see the offense home. But to that point, when you have guys on base, yep, you have to come through. Like, it, like when you get when you get a guy on second, that guy should be coming in some way. And if for me, if it's so hard for you to put a ball in play, we need to do so. We need to find some other way, uh, hit and run, um, stealing, some other way to put pressure on the pitcher, um, and make these guys. Put the ball, make these guys throw the ball around and see if something uh, like an error can occur. Because these bases loaded, um, bases loaded, not get in in the inning with nothing. Um, runners on first and second getting inning with nothing. That's not acceptable for a team like this um, with these with these type of guys in the lineup. Granted, like I said, we haven't seen the offense at its full potential yet. Due to an injury, but you—it's not like you—you got you guys are not getting on base. Yep. No. And um, to the Kester here point, I'm—I'm I'm, like I said yesterday, he needs to be in the lineup. When he's hitting well, he needs to be in the lineup. So, and I'm—and I'm glad Council put him in today. He needs to be in there tomorrow because he's the only guy. He's in two games. So far, he was the only guy until uh, Caratini hit that homer. He was the only guy putting putting runs, even though they were homers. He was the only guy putting runs up for you. So, well, for ex- for example, Nate, you had you had mentioned with the guys on base. I'll keep you right here. Uh, fourth inning, uh, they had a leadoff walk to Tyrone Taylor. Brasso then reaches on air. What a hometown call to a, a score on that a home official score. You're not going to give Brasso a base hit on that, please. I mean, come come on. That's that's a base hit. Okay, uh, so you get first and second, nobody out, and you're battling back here. You're down five goose. You're trying to peck away at this thing. It's only the, the, the fifth inning, right? Or was it the – yeah, the fourth inning. Yeah. And then a strikeout to Keston Hira, strikeout to Lorenzo Cain, ground ball from Mark Mathias, and just out the door. I mean, that – is more frustrating than even the injuries are because I can accept injuries. That's going to happen uh, every year to every team, but it's, it, it's not just today's fourth inning. 
it's been that way. And that it's one of the biggest reasons why they're losing some of the, the games that they are losing is because of not coming through when they have runners on base, let alone in scoring position. Yeah, and you're right. And, and, and like I was saying, like I said, if, I can understand if they weren't getting on base at all. We didn't have nobody on base. But we're leaving – we're having innings with the bases being loaded, runners at third, runners at second, um, runners being on base with nobody out. These guys are just going up there, just throwing caution to the wind, or a guy has walked the three batters in front of him, and uh, the fourth guy, when he comes up, the first thing he want to do is swing at the first pitch and hit him, hit him to a double play. That's the things that frustrate me. When I'm not, I'm not saying I'm the best. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm the best baseball mind in the world. But if a guy walks three guys in front of you, you <laughs> might want to look at some pitches. Yes, it, that's just saying. That's to me. Yeah, Nate. Thank, thanks a lot, man. You're you're right on, and it frustrates me too. These base runners being on uh, consistently too. It's it's not like they're getting set down twelve, thirteen, fourteen straight. Although it occasionally happens, these guys are getting traffic out there, and that's what really bugs me about some of the losses. And, and it's it may be magnified a little bit. Uh, the 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 offense is as of late. You know, this year, especially this year, I think they're a little bit better at their approach. I think they're a little bit better at handling a strike zone. I think you're seeing a few more foul balls on some pretty good pitches, spoiling some pitches than we've seen in the past. They're doing a little bit better job of that, but, you know, not when 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 it counts. And, and it seemingly is like the other team always shortens up and is fouling off and working pitch counts up and up and up. With this type of pitching, it's magnified when you get two on and nobody out and you don't score. It's magnified when second and third with one out and you don't score, let alone the bases loaded twice with no outs and didn't score either one of those on Friday night. Or Monday night, I'm sorry. It's, it's elevated because these pitchers are giving you every opportunity to come up with one swing and win a game. The game can be won in a lot of situations here in the fifth inning for this baseball team. But do the injuries have a little part to do with that? I think so. I, I really do. You're, you're without two of your main guys, Adamas and Renfro. Because at, once you're without those two guys – and then Council wants to play the happy lineup stuff? As in today, you're without Renfro and Adamas. But you were also without Omar Narvaez, who's been hot, swinging the bat much, much better. You were without Omar. Let's add him up. Adamas, Renfro, Omar, Rowdy Telez, Colton Wong. Five players, two of them on the injured list. But there's three sitting right there. I don't know. Just saying. Let's go to Brett at seven nine nine twelve fifty. Brett, what's going on? Brewers fall here in Game Three. Hey Tim, yeah, tough, tough game today. But you know, it, we knew this. We knew this road trip was going to be tough. And, and like you said, it's absolutely massive game tomorrow with Burns. I mean, if you can get the split, a, a one and a half game lead or a three and a half game lead, I believe, right? I mean, depending mm-hmm. on what happens tomorrow. Um, but as far as the lineup, you know, I, I don't have a 
obviously, I mean, it, without Renfro and Adamus, that hurts. But I don't have I don't have too much of a problem with the lineup today. You know, I mean, Colton Wong is hitting 100 against lefties this year. Rowdy's hitting 200. Uh, the thing that makes it tough is, and I agree with you. I mean, I, I don't like Keston being in the majors when he doesn't play every day. I, I'm still a huge Keston believer, and I think he needs a bat just to keep developing. But the thing that's really making things tough on Council is Keston's not hitting lefties. You know, he's hitting well against righties, and that doesn't that hurts that that first base platoon. You know? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, so I. I do want to ask you a favor, though. Um, you know, the the wife and I are headed down to Wrigley on Monday. We're going to go with the doubleheader. And uh, I need you the next two days here. I need you to convince some Brewer fans to make the trip down on the holiday. Um, you know, a massive, like like we talked about, a massive game tomorrow. I called you on Sunday. We talked about what we wanted on this road trip. And I said, you know, six and five would be great. But if we can get seven wins, well, if we win tomorrow, we're at four and three. And then we're going to Wrigley. Um, for four, four games, yep. so this road trip could turn out being pretty well, but wouldn't be, there's nothing better than beating up on the Cubs in Chicago. So let Brew fans, I mean, hey, let's let's take the swing down to Wrigley on Monday and and give them a dose of the medicine what they do up here. Yeah, yeah, let's let's uh, invade the little brother's treehouse down there. Yeah, let, let's and, go down there. I, Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, also, bro. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like Ethan Small is coming up on Monday. I mean, I don't know. It does. Lindblom pitched the other day. I don't know. I'm guessing Ashby's going, but I don't know who else is pitching that second game if it's not Ethan Small. So I, I, you, for all we know, a bullpen game. I mean, come on, it it, it could happen, but it, it's a perfect opportunity. It really is, Brett. Thanks for the call. It is, and yeah, Brewer fans go down there. There's there's a couple of different things going on um, on on Monday. We'll we'll talk more about that tomorrow, but. Uh, Thanks, thanks for the call, Brett. I appreciate that. 799-1250. As the Brewers fall 8-3, we'll t- take a break. We're going to hear from Craig Council. And the Brewers, they are 3-3 three and three on the road trip. They are undermanned a little bit. But how big of a game is that tomorrow? Whoa. I mean, to, to be 4-3, and three, I think in some regards, due to injuries, some people would be pretty pleased with a 5-6 11-game road trip. They have a chance to do better than that, guys. They really do. It's a Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Tim Allen, Sam Schmitz, and the Brewers 8-3, Game 3 lost. Yeah, to those guys, the cards. We'll be right back here on The Fan. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. 
What play got you the most excited from today's game? Did it get you up off the couch? It's time for the call of the game, presented by the 5 O'Clock Steakhouse. 5 O'Clock Steakhouse, Wisconsin's number one steakhouse by the Food Network. Visit them and make online reservations at 5oClockSteakhouse.com. All right, welcome back. An 8-3 Brewers loss here in Game 3 of this four-game set. Now they need a victory tomorrow to earn the split in the four-game set. And you got the guy on the mound to do that. More on that in just a little while. Call of the game with 5 o'clock Steakhouse. Uh, you're sitting there with, with a goose egg. And, and he got it last night, too. I mean, you, you were gonna about to get shut out for zip last night, but he stepped up and hit a two-run home run. Okay, we were just talking about him last segment. And then he steps up today in the sixth inning, down 8 nothing, and he does it again. The call of the game, as heard on Bally Sports Wisconsin, it's Keston Hira. And a swing and a blast out towards left. See you later up in the Big Mac land for Keston Hira. He is homered in consecutive games. Something to smile about now for the Brewers' offense. Yeah, they break the uh, egg open there. So they get on the board, and then Victor Caratini had a two-run shot in that ninth inning, but uh, way too little in an 8-3 loss today. Keston Hira, as much as I like him, you guys know that I'm a big Keston Hira fan, and I think uh, with with some uh, maturation, with some experience, he's going to be uh, he's going to prove to a lot of people that he belongs. At least with the bat. The glove, we can debate. I mean, they're, he's, he's holding his own at first base, that's for sure. He's actually, uh, defensively at first base, doing a little bit better than I thought than I thought he would. I thought there would be more gaffes, but he, he's actually holding his own. With what Colton Wong is doing, who has the, 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 bigger, the longer future in Milwaukee? Keston Hira or Colton Wong? I think I think everyone would agree it's Keston Hira, don't you think? Well, especially if Colton Wong's defense playing the way it is. I mean, you wow. you thought coming into the year that that was an easy decision with the option on Colton Wong's contract, but man, I don't know, Tim. I'm kind of nervous because now the offense is kind of back to the old ways with Colton Wong. It's just here and there. It's not really as consistent as it was. So the defense is the most concerning part with Colton Wong well, right and, now. And, and I think part of the reason for that, Sam, is because he's being jazzed around in the lineup. He's not yeah. just steady Freddie in the in the uh, leadoff spot, and you go from there. Now, you, you do have lineups that are in large part based on matchups from Craig Council. That's the way he's done things. And, and quite honestly, you can't argue with the results here. You know, he's just a handful of wins away from being number one. Uh, most wins of any other manager in franchise history. And, and certainly the last uh, you know, four and a half years, leaning on four and a half years now, you can't necessarily argue with the results in terms of wins and losses. But I think it, it goes more into, for example, uh, Rowdy Telez. And again, as much as I like Keston, Rowdy, I think, should be an everyday player. He will tell you that. I think a lot of analysts will tell you that, and I certainly will tell you that, despite me wanting Keston Hero with more ABs. So to get those at-bats, you have to filter those in through second base and DH. That's how you got to get Keston Hero his, his ABs for now, in my book, because Rowdy is an everyday first baseman. Unfortunately, uh, it didn't start out that way this season, 
Then it settled into Rowdy being an everyday first baseman. Now it's sort of matchup-based again a little bit. Uh, more on Rowdy Telez. Rowdy Telez holds his own against lefties. In his career, 257. That just to let you know, folks, don't be uh, afraid of a 257 average. In today's game, in today's baseball, modern, today's baseball, this minute in time, 257 lefty-lefty is a really good batting average. Over-the-top good almost. Okay? So let him play against lefties. I, I think he might be, uh, I don't know. I, I can't see that Rowdy Telez would be uh, very happy about that. So you, you do mess with the lineup a little bit. Uh, for example, Lorenzo Cain. And you can give him the good news to, you know, you'd, you'd rather, rather chew on gravel a little bit than hear this because Lorenzo Cain against lefties. Now, this is a good matchup. This is the matchup you look for. This is, this is a left-hander against the right-handed hitting Lorenzo Cain. That's supposed to be a high number. That's supposed to be a good number. That's a pretty bad number, isn't it, Sam? Yeah, coming into today, he was 036 against lefties. Now, after today, he is at 033. 0-33 batting average against lefties. That's Lorenzo Cain. Or would you want some in somewhere in the configuration to get Rowdy Telez at bats lefty-lefty? Now, Omar Narvaez doesn't fare all that well against lefties himself. Let's check, let's check those numbers. But again, once you get... I, I wonder why it's consistent playing time helps certain players, but other players, it, it doesn't matter. It, cons- consistent playing time doesn't matter. It just seems, seems a little hypocritical to me. It seems backwards to me at, at times, but uh, Omar's numbers against lefties has, has not been all that great either. So does, does Caratini then warrant, you know, and catcher is, is a little bit of a, an outlier in that uh, you got to watch the workload on catchers. And there are very few everyday catchers these days in baseball. There's very few catchers that you know, catch uh, 140, 145 games a year. There's not many of those, those guys left in baseball. But what do you got on Omar? For his career, he is 209 against lefties. I'm going to try to dig up this, this year's splits against lefties. And so 209, is it – you know, and then you have to incorporate how he handles the pitching staff, uh, catcher's ERA, you know, things for framing and, and all those things. Personal catchers come into play. So I, I think just to go on splits with the catching position, it's much more than that, and, and I will agree with that. But I think if Keston keeps going and doing what he's doing, I don't know if there's a choice that he's got to do some additional playing time either through DH – second base, first base at times once a week. I mean, look, you have three options there to get Keston Hira some ABs, almost consistent ABs, much more consistent than one would think. You know, against lefties, then put him in for Colton Wong. If you're going to sit Colton Wong, you're going to bat him seventh anyway. You'd rather have Keston Hira in there anyway. So go ahead and do that. Tim, this might surprise you. We're only talking about 18 plate appearances this year for Omar Narvaez against lefties. But a 286 batting average this year. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Wow, that's that's super good. But but again, 18. Yeah. yeah. So you filter in at bats for Keston Hira either by putting Andrew McCutcheon in the outfield and a DH opens up, 
putting Colton Wong on the bench, and then the second base opens up, and then Rowdy Telez, when you do want to give him a once-a-week day off against the lefty, then Keston Hira plays first base. There, are, there is room for Keston Hira ABs. Well, the thing is too, Tim, and if, if I if I may, let's like kind of expand and look at big picture for even after after the season because McCutcheon's on a one year deal, right. and after this year, I mean, we all know Rowdy's under team control. So the way I see it, if you want to keep Keston, I think you know he's probably going to be a, a DH next year, and then Rowdy first base, and then same thing we're talking about. If you want to give Rowdy a day off. Sure, put him in the DH role, and then Keston's at first base. So I think that's kind of like your first base DH platoon like going forward if you do want to keep Keston. So yeah. the way I yeah. see it this year, it's like you got McCutcheon on a one-year deal. You have Renfro injured. Why not try to get as much out of McCutcheon right now as possible? And he can he could definitely play the outfield too. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's the path for, for Keston moving forward because I, I you know if, if you say that, well, it's easy. You don't pick up Wong's option, and there he goes at second base. I don't think Stearns... I don't think they like a defensive liability up the middle. No. I just don't. I, I, they're they're going to find a different spot for him. And a lot of people are, are surmising that maybe Keston Hira is, is trade, trade bait. And he would warrant a haul. He, he really would. Or he'd stack up with another prospect to get what you want. That absolutely could happen. And he would thrive with everyday at-bats. Oh, oh yeah. I, I think everyone uh, agrees with that. He had a really rough go and... Uh, in a young career, it's it's not all roses when you get to the big leagues. It's uh, the trick is staying here, and he has struggled to do that, and it just snowballed on him, and and then it got down to his personal life was settled down, and then and then it was a a, a tweak to his uh, his his batting style a little bit. I mean, he made some some adjustments there inside the box, and that that looks like it has started to pay off. You know, he pulled a homer uh, tonight. The other day, he he went opposite field on a home run. That's you know, Keston Hira is doing okay. So uh, that's a, it's a good problem to have trying to get Keston Hira some abs. It is. But again, uh, just to finish up this conversation, when you do go with uh, without Rowdy Telez, without Omar Narvaez, w- without a Hunter Renfro, without a Willie Adamas. I mean, what, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, once in a while, yes. A Mark Mathias, Brasso, Lorenzo Cain type Victor Caratini type lineup is going to step up and put up a bunch of runs. I don't think consistently. I really don't. I think you got to go with your guns. And maybe they're, they're thinking about this in the long haul. It's got to be what they're thinking especially on a guy like McCutcheon, especially on a guy like Lorenzo Cain. They feel that they have time to figure this out, and you know a lot can happen from now until then, and maybe that's what they're doing. And maybe it's the right thing. It just seems a little, little funky to me. It really does. I saw this lineup today, and I'm like, oh, boy, they're going to struggle to score runs. And that's exactly what occurred. And they lost to a guy that is like the same name as like a constipation medicine, too. Liberator. Liberator. Uh, consult with your doctor while taking Liberator. If you experience so-and-so and so-and-so, please call your doctor. <laughs> That's it. All right, we'll take a break. Got to hear from Craig Council after this one. And we haven't spoken word one about Adrian Hauser. A rough one today, and uh, Craig Council will sum that up uh, on the other side here. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street. Brewers fall 8-3 need a victory tomorrow to split the series 
And there is a little dust-up between Tommy Pham and our friend Jock Peterson. We'll explain in a bit here on The Fan. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show, presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Let's get the scoop from the skipper on today's game on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back. Brewers fall today 8-3, the final. And with that, they uh, fall to 29-18 and on the season, the 2022 championship season. Rough day for Adrian Hauser today. Rough day for the offense, and this just in. Another couple of runners stranded for the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll be back after this on the Brewers. Now, I mean, that's just been the storyline here in this uh, last, co- at least the last couple of games of this series, is the runners just all over the place. It's a traffic jam out there half the game, and someone's got to come through. But uh, you know, with with the absence of Adamus, with the absence of uh, Renfro, and then no Rowdy, no Omar Narvaez. No Colton Wong. I mean, those are your guys. There's five of them right there. I mean, if this were a playoff game, you put all five of those guys into this lineup, I think we have a little different outcome. I, I really do. So, I mean, there's there's hope in that alone. But uh, Craig Council spoke shortly after this loss. Here's what he had to say. Craig, Adrian has been so good over the course of his career against the Cardinals. What, uh, what was the difference today, do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I thought he just he just left some fastballs in the middle of the plate, really. Um, I mean, well, I thought his off-speed stuff was pretty good. It's just kind of missed on some fastballs, and then they made him pay for it. Goldschmidt is definitely not missing many fastballs either in this series or for a while now. He's tough. Yeah, no, I mean, you got you got to be really good to him, um, and then you get a ball, and I mean, he's hitting good pitches, so it's it's not just the middle balls, he's hitting a lot of good pitches, too. Yeah, that the home run, it looked on the, on the stack cast like the ball was, it was in the zone, but it was It down. was down, it leaked kind of back over yeah. a little bit, and, you know, if you get it down, it, it's like, you know, down and away, really down and away is okay, but it kind of just leaked back over the play a little bit. Yeah. It felt like you were like offensively you were able to get like some kind of people on with two outs, but just not really much. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, kind of a little bit similar to yesterday. We just didn't, you know, we didn't put enough together. Um, uh, nothing, nothing really happened enough that was going to, you know, not, not good enough, you know. Um, no big rallies, no stringing together, a bunch of good at bats. So uh, he did a nice job. You have two teams that are as familiar with each other as these two teams are, and you would inject a new starter like never door into that. Can that be a little bit unbalancing for hitters sometimes? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, it, you can look at it from both sides of the fence. Um, you know, he he pitched well. We didn't we didn't do enough offensively, and the unfamiliarity is his. You know, his curveball is it's slow. You know, and I think maybe and at bat potentially to get through it, but. Um, you know, and then that, that becomes you got some familiarity against them. You guys have the really strong showings against both Snell and Corbin. When you look at how you are hitting against lefties, you kind of lean on those as maybe a better indicator of where you are versus today. I mean, I, you know, we're, we do this every year. We pick out something. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you guys can do it, but it's it's every year. It's day games. It's road games it's you know what it, it, it's every year it's it's the nature of baseball um we're a good team 
we're going to lose some games. There's going to be something that we can figure out that we're not good enough against. <laughs> Bullpen again, though. I mean, really effective with their. Injuries. Yeah, I mean, look, I think they've they were efficient. I mean, that's that's the big thing. I mean, Sanchi threw less than 20 pitches through two innings, and and all those guys should be okay to go tomorrow if if need be. Um, and as we kind of continue on this stretch, that's getting consecutive four inning starts. You know, could really hurt you. But I think we we're, we're sitting in a pretty good place still. That's true. I mean, the bullpen has stepped up here to, 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 to knock down a few racks here and there. So that, that does keep things in line. I, again, you, you've got Burns and you've got, you know, got Box, Williams, Hader, ready to go for tomorrow. Get the lead mid-game. And you're going to win that baseball game tomorrow. This is, this is on the offense. For the most part, nine times out of ten, you, you get it set up this way where your bullpen, your main guys are available, ready to go, and you have Burns on the mound, the Cy Young Award winner, nine times out of ten, maybe even more than that, 19, 18 out of 20, is going to be a victory. So this is, this is leaning heavily on, on the offense. We'll check the matchups here in just a second. Okay, so Sam Schmitz, Tim Allen here after a Brewers 8-3 loss. There was a little uh, dust-up. And uh, I believe a suspension on top of this already uh, between Tommy Pham and our friend Jock Peters. And actually, both these guys. I mean, both these, if we do the uh, draft mockery, I think they may have, at some point in time, if not have already been on there, will be on there multiple times moving forward. But Brewer fans, as the most hated you know, Brewer killers, Tommy Pham has come up with some big hits against the crew. We all know what Jock Peterson has done. They got into it a little bit, and this is this is pretty interesting, Sam. You set it up. All right, so basically this all boils down to a little bit of fantasy football and a little bit of uh, text messages before the game. Now, what had happened was batting practice is going on yesterday in Cincinnati. Jock Peterson's out in the outfield. Tommy Fan comes up to him, and they exchange a few words, and within a couple seconds, Tommy Fan slaps Jock Peterson. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people are wondering what's going on. There wasn't a lot of context until, you know, during the game, and apparently Jock Peterson was the first one to talk to the media, and he said it was about fantasy football. Should we hear from him real quick? Let's do that. All right, this is Jock Peterson after yesterday's game about what had happened between him and Tommy Fan. Yeah, that happened. That was just, uh, that was the only... Uh physical part um yeah are you able to expand on maybe what preceded that why that would be a few um we were in a fantasy fantasy league together uh i put somebody a player on the injured reserve when they were listed as out and um Added another player, uh, and then um, uh, there was a text message in the group saying that I was cheating uh, because I was stashing players on my bench. And then uh, I don't know. I looked up the rules and sent a screenshot of the rules. How it says that when a player is ruled out, you're allowed to put him on the IR. And uh, that's all I was doing. And then uh, it just so happened that he had a player, uh, Jeff Wilson, who was out. And he had him on the IR. And I said, you literally have the same thing on your team, on your bench. 
and then I guess he was in two leagues, and in one of them he was on the IR, and one of them he wasn't. So maybe that was a confusion. But on the ESPN league we were in, it, it was listed as out. So it's like it feels very similar to what I did, uh, and that was basically that, all of it. There's not much more to it. Was there any we didn't ever had any uh, more contact. That only time we texted was in the uh, in the group text, and yeah, I mean it was over a so year ago. Yeah, it was uh, a surprise. But. Did he just come up to you to talk, or was there like an argument before he slept? No, there was no real argument. He kind of came up and said, like, I don't know, you remember from last year? And I was like, fantasy football? And he's like, yeah. I, and, yeah. Where did he slept? <laughs> I mean, like, just the, the Yep. Yeah. <laughs> in the cheek. Yeah, what did you do? Just... Nothing. There was a decent amount of people around and uh, didn't get emotional and I uh, don't think uh, violence is the answer I guess you could say so I kind of left the situation and uh, some other players were out there and it like a, when bench is clear but it was batting practice and uh, there, there was nothing more to it like I said it was a unfortunate situation for over a fantasy football league rule or wasn't a rule and so yeah wow i mean i i don't even know what to say (laughs) we're talking about ir spots and you know fantasy football and in in major league baseball there are problems being had over this but apparently there was a little more that yeah john peterson left out yeah, there was yeah, and and I wondered about that too. That uh, let's let's get the other side of this. Let's let's hear what uh, Tommy Pham had to say about the situation. I slapped Josh. I did some some shit I don't condone, you know. So I had to address it. What was that? You know, we there's some there's some that went on in fantasy, you know, but. What he forgot to tell you guys too, you know, he said some disrespectful in a text message, and I called him out on it. So it was regarding, you know, my former team. Well, I mean, they 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 don't uh, call it a kids' game for nothing. You two are you two are so childish. I mean, come <laughs> on. Yeah. Wow. That, and and it's May right now. This isn't like, well for all of this to result in somebody to actually slap one or the other. I mean, come on. Come I mean, on. I get like there's always collusion and people get mad about what happens in your fantasy leagues and stuff like that. But even if you're like trash talking about, you know, Tommy, uh, it was allegedly Tommy Fan when he was on the Padres. That's what the former yeah. team he was alluding to. But even so, like, if, there's only certain things that nothing really should ever have to result to somebody getting Will no, Smith. No. And that's that's part of the problem in society, let alone on that baseball field. I mean, everyone just thinks that they can just put their hands on each other. Just just simply, we, we just disagree. It's okay. We can disagree. You guys can disagree. I've had disagreements in fantasy football. We, we've had disagreements. We have disagreements on this talk show. Yeah, just never play fantasy football Jack Peterson again. 
That's an, that's one solution. <laughs> right. Yeah, that that'll that'll work it out. But to let it fester all the way to May, I I, I just you got to speculate how much money was involved. You just do. I'm I'm speculating. I mean, to, to to for it to escalate like this, boy, that's that's just funny. It's it's comical. Control yourself, kids. Which, by, then, the, by the way, the fantasy football aspect of this, the trash talking aside about former teams and all that, the fantasy football thing that Jock Peterson did was totally legal. So I don't get what the whole I don't get what Tommy Pham is so mad about with IR spots and a player being out for one week. That's totally <laughs> legal. I thought it was a joke. Yeah. When I first read about this, I, then they were saying, "Well, it was fantasy football," and then I thought, "Well, that's just their undercover stuff to say, hey, where where are we having dinner?'" Which is typical typical answer. No, this this is real about fantasy football. Wow. Okay, uh, you and Rami are going to talk about this on Tuesday afternoon, correct? Oh yeah, but I'll be in for Bart on Monday with Evan Heffelfinger, and you know he's the co-host of you with you for the fantasy oh, football yeah. show here on the Fan. So I'm definitely I definitely got to get Evan's thoughts about this Crazy. as well. Just crazy. All right, we'll take a break. We'll take a look at uh, tomorrow's matchup. A huge game. Uh, made even bigger if you can win that game because it uh, splits the series. Four and three then on the road trip. Uh, staring down uh, four games in three days in Chicago against the Cubs. And that's, you know, again, that's not going to be just uh, just roll the balls out there and, and go ahead and just win every game. That's not the way it works. But you're in a much better situation for this road trip. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back and look at tomorrow's matchup here on The Fan. You're listening to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Postgame Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Time to turn the page and take a look at the crew's next game. Okay, time to turn the page, and that is funny about the fantasy football thing. See, it happens to even big league ball players too. I know there's been fantasy football issues, but my goodness, wow. Uh, more on that. Uh, when? You and Evan, Monday morning? Is that right? Yep, we'll be filling in for Bart right. and Toby on Monday. Yeah, all right. Uh, let's turn the page on this one. It's game four, this four-game set. A one fifteen first pitch tomorrow after the last pitch. You make the switch to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street. Uh, again, it's a get-the-lead sort of situation because you have this guy on the mound. Yep, Corbin Burns going for the Brewers. Believe it or not, Tim, this will be his first start this year against the St. Louis Cardinals. Currently in his career, 3.89 ERA in 11 games against the Cardinals in eight starts. He'll be going up against Miles Michaelis for the St. Louis Cardinals. Righty, 3-2 and two this year with a 1.96 ERA and a .98 whip. Yeah. And his last down against the Brewers went six and two-thirds of an inning, three hits, one earned run, seven strikeouts. So hopefully the Brewers yeah. will be able to get to him this time. Yeah, you got to get to him and get that lead past the fifth inning and then have Burns just make his make his run, and then, then you've got the bullpen to shut things down. So let's talk about it tomorrow, a huge game. That's going to do it for us. Once again, the final 8-3, the Brewers fall in game three of this four-game set. For Sam Schmitz, my name is Tim Allen. You guys have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow, and despite the outcome, smile, Milwaukee. The world will smile back.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.